Good evening, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Press Break the Offseason, where we talk about anything and everything that doesn't matter in life. I'm joined again by my host, JT. JT, how are we doing this week, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, might die here soon, though, because it uh, it's officially summer, and I don't do good in any temperature above about 65 degrees, so uh, I, was, I was sweating all day today, and you can definitely tell. <laughs> oh, man. So this the heat is in, and speaking of bringing the heat, we are we are I'm going to say blessed to be joined again by the Godfather Jerry Nixon Jr. Welcome back to the off season, bro. What's up, boys? Thanks for having me again. Um, I do apologize for the technical difficulties in the beginning. Don't buy cameras from China. You heard it here first. Don't buy cameras from China. Thanks All for right. having me. We're going to go around the circle again, and just like we start every Friday night, Freestyle Friday, I think is a good way to go. It Masters of Alliteration on this show. I think we're really good at that. So we're going to call it Freestyle Friday. What uh, what are we sipping on tonight? I, I'm going uh, – I decided to join the club, going with High Noons, going with the peach, my favorite flavor. It's, it's the go-to all summer long. Love That's it. facts. That's facts. I, I have a – right now in this, I have a black cherry nooner, and then I have a mixed assortment bag of watermelon and grapefruit which i'm not too mm. fond on the grapefruit <laughs> but hopefully jt this I, I saw this week that nooners is coming out with a new tropical pack that has mango and passion fruit in it so i'm sure those will smack so i saw barstool got those early and the mango ones sound delicious i'll drink anything mango yeah, and I, I don't even – I mean, I know passion fruit's a fruit, but I really don't know what a passion fruit is, truthfully. I, it's the thing with the little balls inside of it, isn't it? Like it's like a weird-looking – That's a yeah. pomegranate. That's a uh, pomegranate. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think they're in the same family. I think a passion fruit also has little liquid beads in it. It's like passion fruit, star fruit, guava. All of them are in like the same testicular family, if you will. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, then I'm wrong. Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, hey, you keep getting black cherry nooners. It might happen, Big Daddy. Facts, dude. Facts. I am uh, preparing for the 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 first vineyard trip of the season, so I'm I'm over here with a uh, a teeter totter Cabernet Sauvignon. My wife and I are heading out to the to the wineries tomorrow, so I figure I got to get my tolerance back up because wine will hit you different. Getting fancy. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to be as bougie as possible because it makes for good ratings, but. We are here to talk about what everyone else wants to talk about. So I threw away the script this afternoon, straight up. I printed it out. I looked at it. I said, you know what? We're not doing this tonight. We're going to, this is for the people. So and what, what do y'all want to talk about? I know, I know one thing I want to get to, and it's a little bit of Celine Dion action, but we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. I know JT's got some topics. What do you got for us, bud? Uh, first off, I wanted to get to Kwame Brown. The, the dude just continues to go off on the internet, and I love it. He, he's been like the butt of all jokes ever since Jordan drafted him number one, and he's just coming at everybody's threats. Can you, can, can you like kind of fill me in? Like I've been seeing him on Twitter, and I know he – I bet I watched some kind of video, but what is he on like a podcast now or like no. what, what's going on? Mm -hmm. No, he's been pretty much just uh, – it's like he just realized that there's a go-live feature on social media. <laughs> and <laughs> he he's just clicked that go-live button, and he's just aired all his grievances with anybody who, who he's ever had an issue with. Uh, one was Matt Barnes, 
Yeah, so that was the start of it. So there, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson have a podcast called All the Smoke. And during one of their episodes, they referred to him as a bust and referred to him as basically, you know, I mean, everyone knows what a bust is, but they were basically taking some shots at him. And so then Steven Jackson came out and was like, he made a personal video. It was like, yo, Kwame, like, just so you know, like, I wasn't coming at you. I really don't want no smoke with you. I was just, you know, we're doing a podcast. And like JT said, Kwame, Kwame finally decided or discovered that there was a live button. And so he's been going on on anybody and everybody. So it started with Steven Jackson. Then Jamel Hill had something to say about him going at Steven Jackson. So then he went at Jamel Hill. Then he went at Stephen A. Smith. Then he went at Charlemagne the God. Because Charlemagne Jesus. the God was like, uh, Charlemagne the God on The Breakfast Club said something about how you can't go at Kwame because Kwame is going to come back with violence. And then they were like, well, what do you mean he's going to come back with violence? He's like, well, his daddy's been to prison. His brother's been to prison, blah, blah, blah. And Kwame was like, yo, first of all, my dad is not me. Second of all, that brother, I didn't even know I had until I was 25. <laughs> so like, he's like, you can't put what my family did on me. And he's just basically wrote And the beautiful thing about it is everything he does is about an hour and a half long. He just keeps going and going <laughs> dropping so many fact bombs like he's just really real and people the, forgot that about him <laughs> the, the whole matt barnes thing with uh him talking about chauncey billups or no not uh oh. who was uh, was it chauncey billups because did is that who stole his girlfriend no i think it was um was it chauncey when matt barnes know. was playing with detroit I can't remember, but there was some no, situation. No, no. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Yes, yes, uh, that's who it was. So he he started making fun of Barnes because of Derek Fisher. It, it's just it's appointment television. You got to tune in anytime he goes live. Well, yeah. I, I I look at it like this too. Like if if Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, or if it was just Matt Barnes, if they really actually want to talk shit on somebody, I mean, to, to each their own. Like that's fine say what you want to say but then it kind of seems like then he just kind of backpedaled and was like oh no dude like i'm sorry i'm just doing it for the podcast like could you imagine if everybody was like that just talking shit on every single person and then behind the scenes just like backpedaling a little bit like i i also feel like too if if i'm gonna talk shit on somebody on a, a podcast that's recorded regardless if like it was in the heat of the moment or not, you kind of have to ride that horse until you fall that horse off. You can't go backpedaling because then somebody could just be like, well, how can you take anything that he says like a hundred percent serious all the time? That, right. That's the one thing with like the Stephen, uh, Stephen A. Smith and the uh, Skip Bayless of the world when they're wrong, they just put their feet in the ground and continue to go with it. So that that's the one thing I've always respected about them a little bit is that they're wrong on almost everything, but at least they stick with it and they're not completely backpedaling all the time. Yeah. I think the ultimate sign of backpedaling is when you have a podcast called all the smoke and then you call <laughs> out somebody and say, Hey, just so you know, I don't want any smoke. Yeah. You, you instantly lost all your credibility and need to change the name of your podcast. It's just done. But I made, I made a point the other day and I just like afterwards started laughing about it is like, dude, if Kwame keeps this up, he's going to lead the NBA in Jersey sales this year. Like mm -hmm. he is getting so much publicity and hits off this. It's crazy. The, the one thing about the whole situation that I wanted to ask uh, sports related was, I mean, he ended up playing, I believe he had a 14 year NBA career. 12. So, 
12. Okay, I knew it was double digits. Mm-hmm. Like, he stuck around for a long time. Like, what do you guys consider a bust? Because Kwame went number one. The game kind of changed, and, like, his game didn't really work. And then he got stuck with Kobe for a while, which I love Kobe. But mm-hmm. you weren't getting any shots up with him. So, like, he, he was just a rebounder, get, like, four to five points a game. Uh, like, I think I, I think he, he, people are a little too hard on him is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, like, I feel like if when I hear the term bust, somebody couldn't make it more than, like, two or three seasons. Like, mm-hmm. if, if if I know that some guys played on a team for 12 or 14 seasons, whatever you guys just said, it's like he might not be good enough to elevate his team or elevate play, but they obviously keep him on the team for some reason, whether it's, you know, just a pure – wisdom or whatever it must be like he must have some kind of asset to to an organization and I kind of just feel like just listening like I picture like a Steve Novak like Steve Novak played for the Knicks for however many years he'd get in sometimes he'd hit a big shot every now and again but I wouldn't call him a bust either so if I'm not going to call Novak a bust I, I I can't call call him a bust either I mean Fuck, he, he got paid for 12 years. What else do you want him to do? It, in my opinion, he plays the best role on any professional team. Get paid and don't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone that has a 12-year NBA career in the NBA, we're not talking about NBA Europe or NBA D-League as it was at the time. Or any, we're talking about he spent 12 years on a 12 to 13-man, 12 to 15-man roster in the NBA. That's not a bust. But I think it opens up a bigger can of worms because personally, and look, I'm a Jordan fan. Like, I love Michael Jordan. I love what he was for the game of basketball. You say, hey, you can only pick one goat. I'm taking Michael Jordan. But we got to stop protecting Michael Jordan. Like, this dude came right out of high school and went to the Wizards, where he was there with a washed-up Michael Jordan and a washed-up Jerry Stackhouse and Doug Collins. And you, there's a book about this. It's called The Jordan Rules. Different things didn't – certain things didn't apply to Michael Jordan. And I can't imagine what it would be like being a kid in high school, idolizing Michael Jordan, and then getting to the NBA and being drafted number one over Wall. Because Kwame Brown didn't go to college. He went straight to the pros because that's what you could do back then. And have my my role model look me dead in the face and treat me like straight dog crap. Like, what position are you in at that point? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I bet, I bet my development was hindered. Like, if Michael <laughs> Jordan's the one calling the shots, and Michael Jordan, you know Michael Jordan's getting his shots. You know Jerry Stackhouse is getting his shots. So he spent three to five years. I'm just going to use that as a range because I don't know the exact number. But he spent three to five years under Michael Jordan, Jerry Stackhouse, and Doug Collins doing whatever Michael told him to do, which most of the time was shut up and get out of my way, and then got traded to the Lakers with Kobe Bryant. Like, at what point are we developing this kid? So yeah. if can you really say he busted if he wasn't given the opportunity and developed the right way? Like, when are we going to start putting onus on the people who drafted them, right? I mean, would you say that Steve Carr, the, the, the quarterback extraordinaire that he was in college, was a bust because he went to a, an expansion organization and didn't have the tools and the weapons for the first three to five years? And because of that, he couldn't produce, so he's a bust? Like, ah, I, I, I know what you mean, man. And like, I also just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying about Jordan. It also makes me wonder how many other players that could have been drafted to the bulls or the wizards that played with Jordan could have ended up having 
some relatively good and maybe long careers, but just because you got matched on this guy's team where his goal, regardless if you had his jersey on or not, was to mentally tear you down. I mean, some people just don't have that mental uh, wall that you can put up. I mean, and that's fine. You know, so, some people literally wear their hearts on their sleeves and just um, show their emotions all the time. So it, it kind of just as a whole makes me wonder like, dang, wonder how many players uh, were drafted and, and dished off and never had a good career just because of one sentence that Jordan might've said to somebody. Yeah. And I think another thing to, to point out with Kwame Brown too, is the position that he played. The dude was seven, one, 270 pounds. But he was so he was a center, and that back in the day, back in the when the game still had a true center, no true centers ever got along with Michael Jordan. And I'm not <laughs> talking about on the court; I'm talking about personally. Like Horace Grant is the most notable center that Michael Jordan ever played with. Wanted to beat his ass every single day that he had to share a facility with him. Mm-hmm. Like just wanted to black his eye. So like. When are we going to start looking at like we we're talking about, like the other side of the of the coin here? It might not be that the player themselves isn't aren't doing what they need to do to succeed or being be what they were recruited or signed on to do. It might not actually be the environment they get brought into. I mean, it's just like with a college kid, right? Like the college, we see it all the time with the transfer portal. They made the wrong decision and went to the wrong organization. And either they're not getting play in time, they're not getting developed the way they like to, or their position coach they have an issue with, right? We see it all the time, and that's okay. But uh, for some reason, when you when you turn a professional, those you know development and mental health and the personalities of the people you're around don't matter anymore. Now it's just produce, shut up, and dribble. So I mean I don't know that that's my take on I think it I think it speaks to a bigger issue than just you know what do you define bust as because Dude. I don't know who anyone that knows the situation well enough that would say <laughs> Kwame Brown is a bust. <laughs> <laughs> JT are are you a Jordan or a LeBron guy? Uh Jordan. Well, okay. So like I I mean I didn't we're the same age so I didn't really get to see much of Jordan. But I was always a Kobe guy growing up, so I despised LeBron for about the first probably like six to seven years of his career before I finally gave in. Actually, it was probably longer than that. It was probably like 10 years before I finally was like, this dude's pretty good. So I hated on him for a while, so I would pick Jordan over him. Let's talk about this since we're on basketball because I've never – I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. I saw on – it was the rundown or like a clip somewhere. And I believe Dave Portnoy said that if, and I, I just want to know your guys' thoughts because I've thought about it, but haven't really heard any other sides. If LeBron doesn't win the title this year, does it kind of invalidate the title that they won last year, knowing that they didn't have to go on the road to play anybody and that it was all just kind of like a neutral bubble? What, what, I, what What's your guys' takes on that? I, I think that all of the championships from last year in every sport are going to kind of be invalidated. Okay. Like, because uh, the Lightning won in hockey, and they've never really – they've never won anything. Uh, like, Stamkos and all those other guys, like, they were always thought of as playoff busts. Uh, um, and then, like, LeBron, like, you had an easy path. You didn't have to go on the road. You didn't have fans. I think that that's when you look back at it, like 10 years down the road, you're probably not going to remember 
that that champ, like when you see, oh, LeBron won the championship in 2020, that's just another title added to the list. But I think anybody who really tries to break it down, I think that should one that should be kind of invalidated. Yeah, I mean, that's good points. I think I don't know that I would invalidate it because you still got to win the games. I mean, I think there'll be an asterisk for sure. Um, I would actually say that that this year's. I feel like I feel like losing this year does more damage than winning last year does positivity. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like to me, and that you could debate this all day long, but For like sure. LeBron has always had an easier path, right? In, in terms of who he has to go through, so you know we sit there and we talk about you know LeBron when he was with the Cavaliers and the Heat. The Heat's always or the East has been trash for several decades now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they had the three amigos in Boston that they had to go through, and they, there were some decent teams, but the talent was in the West. And then LeBron finally goes to the West, and it seems like all the talent from the West goes back East. And you got it at Brooklyn and Philly and some in Cleveland and Charlotte. I mean, there's it's just it now seems like there's more talent in the East than there is in the West. And I know many people could could argue that and say there's more talent in the Utah jazz than there is in the bottom half of the, <laughs> the of the Eastern <laughs> conference, but they're all young and remotely unproven role players right now. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that, I mean, I know he was hurt this year and I know that there's a lot, there had a lot going on with AD and all that stuff, but I actually think it was easier to win last year because you didn't have to go anywhere. You didn't have to travel. You didn't have to have jet lag. You didn't have to worry about back-to-back fatigue and you know playing five games in ten days. You didn't have to worry about all that because you were just there. Um, and you know once you got done with the game, you were in your hotel. And when, if you weren't in your hotel, you were practicing or playing. Now they yeah. actually have to travel and do all that stuff. So I, I think it would actually mean more to win this year than last year. But I think that by not winning this year, it does more negative than last year's championship did positive. Okay. I, I can I, I can agree with that actually. I, I see I see where you're coming from. And just to give LeBron a little credit here, I also in my opinion, I'm not a big basketball guy, but I also don't think it's a coincidence either that as soon as LeBron goes to the West, all of a sudden everybody wants to go to the East. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also like we'll give him a tad bit of credit there because he was like, okay, I'm going to come over to the West. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden you see all the, not all of them, but a lot of the big time stars go over to the East. So I don't know. Yeah, that is definitely, everybody's going to try to avoid him for as long as possible. So, I mean, that is with him being the greatest right now, they're going to try to do that. So we got a little bit of fan interaction right here. Uh, my friend Brooke, she says, uh, Kobe always. I've got at least two pairs of Kobe's in this room somewhere. <laughs> yeah. The thing I'll say about Kobe is exactly what Kobe said about himself. Without Michael, there's no Kobe because he emulated so much of what Kobe or what Jordan did in his own game. Like he saw, because at the, you got to remember at that point there was no LeBron, there was Jordan and everyone else, and Kobe. <laughs> I can't with her; she's ridiculous. Kobe, Kobe decided, hey, I'm gonna be the best there was, and how do I do that? And he will tell you. I mean, there's been so many interviews that document this. He modeled everything, and the words have came out of his mouth. Without MJ, there's no Kobe. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't think, and it doesn't mean that Kobe's not a great player, but when you tell me that you modeled your game after somebody else because he was the tier, that instantly puts you below him for me. Yeah. Like, just personally. Now, Kobe was a great player. Personally, I would choose Kobe over LeBron. Just just being completely honest. I would choose Kobe over LeBron all day, every day. Um, so for me, like if you asked me of those three, how would I ca- how would I rank them? It would be MJ, Kobe, and then LeBron. Yeah. See, I I, I don't even I don't even say this necessarily to be different and like cause an argument or a stir, but I I've I've said this for a while. I have a hard time not, and I know it's different areas, but I have a hard time not thinking that Magic Johnson isn't the best basketball player ever. I mean, he he played. He, he won five titles. I, I don't know if they were in a row or, or what order they were in. He played almost every single position on the court. Again, there wasn't a, a big three-point shooting presence back then and, and things like that. But I, I, could, I would literally sit down with somebody that has a better basketball knowledge than me and listen to somebody argue how Magic Johnson could be considered the GOAT. But I, I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, even though he's, he's great. Yeah, I mean, I still definitely think he's top five because you're right. The just all of the things that he could do during that time, like it's hard to talk about any sport and really compare the decades because I mean, everybody is bigger, faster, stronger right now than they were back in the nine uh, '90s, '80s, '70s. Uh, go back to any time period. Just uh, they're they're not the same type of athlete. So uh, I think you you have to break it down pretty much by era. You could go by decade, decade by decade, and just pick best players through that. And I think that's where we get this idea of this Mount Rushmore, right? Like we're taking the greatest areas of basketball and trying to pick the best players out of it. But I also think that what people don't understand, or maybe it's not that they don't understand, I just don't think it's brought up a whole lot, is that any one of these players' games translates to the eras before and after them. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to tell me that prime Jordan in a freedom of motion NBA that we play in today wouldn't have averaged probably eight to 12 more points a game. Yeah. He would have probably six to 7,000 more points in his career. But you also aren't going to tell me that if you put LeBron in MJ's era, he wouldn't be doing exactly what he's doing now. Cause the dude is a physical freak. Yeah. Don't give me this. He can't handle the contact. And I know there's a lot to be said about the, I, you know, my eye, eye, but <laughs> Think about like the era he was brought up in. Like people forget that these people were like at some point we were kid, we were all kids, right? That that childhood and and what you went through mold who you are. And LeBron has always been a drama queen. LeBron has always been that way. And that's just the way the NBA is now. I mean, you look you watch professional soccer and you see flopping and you see crying and you see all this stuff to get a call. And then I go out and I and I referee high school games. Or not referee. I announce high school games and travel games, and the kids are doing the exact same thing. So I don't know that LeBron is necessarily a drama queen as much as he's just doing what the league calls for him to do. If you drop him into 80s and 90s NBA, he probably doesn't flop. He probably uses his physical force and beats people down. I don't think right now, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think MJ could guard LeBron. But yeah. I also don't think LeBron could guard MJ. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and I mean, just listening to what you're saying, I also 
I, I mean, I know like people hate it, but I also think LeBron made that a part of the game. Like he just take the West Virginia Mountaineers, for example, a big part of their game is to try to slide in and create a dramatic charge where they fly back and, and they call charge and we get the ball back. Like, mm-hmm. and that's a small sample size. Cause I watch them every single game that they're on, but he has legitimately, whether you like it or not integrated that into uh, basketball and I guess even soccer, like you're saying. So, I, I mean, it's just, it's how sports sports evolve. If, if there wasn't, if the dramatics don't get better and the conflicts don't get better, then why, how are you going to bring more people to watch the game? So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give LeBron that, that token too. Yeah. So I was in the chat here asking Brooke, uh, how dare you comment multiple times and not tell us what you're drinking on Friday night. And I almost would rather go back to before she told me, cause this is, this is what I got. So big ugly is a local brewery. They're my spawn, one of my sponsors and, um, one beer on a Friday night and she's back home. That's, um, ooh, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, I even just went for dinner and I had a margarita and, uh, one other little frozen drink but with how hot it was sitting outside. I had to get some frozen drinks in me, but, uh, yeah, it's Friday night. You gotta have a couple more than one. And it, it's, it, it's insane to me that two or three weeks ago, we were still waking up to 27, 33 degree mornings. And mm-hmm. now it is 90 degrees outside. It is. It, it literally went from winter time to summer in a matter of weeks. It's insane. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Uh, this, this is just crazy. One thing I do know is we need to find a friend with a boat. Dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've been harping on this forever. And like, I, I know personally that I could never get a boat cause I don't know how to drive a boat. Maybe I could get a pontoon one day. Maybe once the trucks paid off, I'll hook it on the back <laughs> and we'll, and we'll head to a lake. But People don't realize that if you have a friend that has a boat, your life is better than yes. it than somebody not having a boat. But if you are that friend that has the boat, your life is worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know anyone that owns a boat that likes owning a boat when it's not on the water. But boat sense. days are the best days. Yeah, that's true. But it just feels like I know like every other friend group, like I just see everybody else going out on boats and I'm like, I, I, I just want to do that once. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But also, also I hate to be this guy, but I doubt that it's their boat. It's somebody else's in the family's boat. I'd well, rather, yeah. I'd rather get on a boat where I know one of my friends put their blood, sweat and tears into owning that bitch. So when I get drunk and pee and throw up all over, <laughs> I don't feel bad. So we're all boat people. What's our go-to water sport? I, I like I, I I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. That stuff terrifies me. But I'll get on the back and tube maybe one or two times. I just hate getting thrown off, thrown yeah. off, and 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 skidding skidding across the river. Uh, that it it's uh not growing up around water. That's one thing that my stomach is never adjusted to. But I would say tubing. Yeah, if I was to pick something, it would be tubing too. But most likely, I'm just going to be the one sitting in the back of the boat laughing at everybody else, having a good time (laughs) drinking. 
It's the, it's the best kind of guy, if you ask me. Yeah. Everybody needs that person to just uh, sit back there and laugh at you the whole time and to just rip you when you get back in the boat but never actually get on the tube. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be like, well, why don't you get on there? Why don't you try? It's like, bro, that's not my role. My <laughs> role is to sit here and get drunk, and you guys get annoyed that I make fun of you every time you get back on the boat. BJ, did you grow up by water? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm down here in, uh, I mean, I get Virginia Beach. Okay. Yeah, so I, uh, I've i been around water my whole life. My family's got lake houses at Lake Gaston. Um, water is... Water is something for us. I will say, though, it's probably a large disappointment to a lot of people, but I'm way more of a pool guy than I am a beach guy. The 100%. beach absolutely bores me. The, I don't understand people that – so, I mean, uh, Jerry, you're you beach guy or are you a pool guy? No, I, I, I wasn't going to jump in. I was going to let you keep going and then send uh, and see what I had to say. Okay, because I, like, I don't understand it whatsoever because like it's hot – like you just sit in the sand and bake. Like, so if I had friends that I went to the beach with and we had like a football and like, we were like play, playing some touch football or something, or uh, I don't know, just had any of the games. Like if you took cornhole out there or any sort of drinking game that you can sit out there with, I'd be fine. But every time I've ever gone to the beach, it's with family and they just go out there for like six or seven hours and sit in the sun. And I'm like, I can't do it. I just, I get bored. Well, the, the, so for me, the beach has evolved as we've gotten older. So now that me and my brother can drink, our families kind of evolved our beach campouts, I guess you could say. So mm-hmm. we we hit like we'll put a canopy up. We'll have some chairs in the front, but we'll also we bring a um, like a what the fuck's it called? Like a wagon and we have the cooler and everything set in there. So mm-hmm. we, we kind of make it to where like me personally, I'm the guy that you'd get annoyed with. Cause I just go, I plot my chair right along the um, waves to where I'm not getting hit hard enough. I could sit there for hours, dude. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the older that I've gotten, the reason that I enjoy that the most is I, I can hundred percent see how people get bored doing that. But I also treat it as like a mental relaxation type deal. Like there's nothing better than just sitting there with like a, a nice drink in your hand, maybe maybe a nicotine pouch or whatever you want, and just listen to the waves coming back and forth. Because then like my mind's crazy, but I, I sit there and I'm like, we don't even know what's out there, bro. Like there, there could be a whole nother world underwater a whole nother organization out there that just roams the water. And I will just appreciate the fact that I can sit here and get fucked up while I watch it. And <laughs> I, I'll shark week screwed me up boys. Yeah, uh, totally. See, my only thing with that is like, I, I'm with JT. Like I can beach for a little bit if there's activities, right? I can't sit at the beach all day after about an hour, maybe two, depending on the group. I've already thrown the football. I've already played some spike ball. I've already had six or seven cold ones. I've already gotten the sand off my body in the water just to get it right back on me when I come out of the water, standing in people's piss out there. <laughs> like once I've done that for about an hour, hour and a half, I'm like, all right, now what? Like we're going to go do something else, right? Yeah. And with the pool, like you've got your house right there. Someone's out. You can, you can take an Xbox break. You can take a nap. You take a nap at the beach, you'll die. Like you will die. 
<laughs> no, I, I, I agree. And I, I, I can, I'm kind of switching. I don't want to say I'm switching my stance, but I, I get what you guys are saying. Like I have to have a pool at my house as well, or like a hot tub to where for, for me, the reason I like the beach is because you go set up camp and then it's your choice. If you want to go sit on the beach all day, go sit on the beach all day. If you want to walk back and forth, pool, beach, pool, beach, whatever you want to do. I, I just, I've learned that over time I'm better looking when I'm tan and the only way for me to get tan is to sit there and let that sun hit me and the sun radiate off the, off the ocean. Yeah. I, but one thing you said earlier, I totally agree with you with sitting there and watching the waves, but I've always been the person at the beach that I'm up at 6.00 AM. I see the sunrise and I just sit because we usually have a deck. Um, we're usually oceanfront there, wherever we stay at. And you can just watch the waves come in there and I'll sit up out there, drink my coffee for about an hour, hour and a half. It's the best. And that that's my favorite part of the whole trip is just waking up and sitting out by the waves. Yeah. So but, what, what, what beach do you guys normally go to, or do you kind of just change it up every once in a while? Um, so for me with my family, we always go to the outer banks and then recently last fall, my parents and I and my sister, we went to Destin, Florida, which is like on the panhandle part. And that was probably my favorite place that I've ever been to, like beach-wise. Yeah. So, B BJ, did you guys um, grow up going to Virginia Beach all the time, I probably assume, since you lived in that area? Yeah. So, you know, with as is with any state that has a, a coast, um, Virginia Beach is the is the big one, but there's so many other intricate ones. You got Chicks Beach, you got Sandbridge, you got Buckrow Beach, Fort Story. There's all kinds of places you can go. My my favorite was actually Buckrow Beach, okay. uh, which not a lot of people have heard of, but there are. It's kind of like um, it's a lot like American Pie too, where they take the <laughs> they take the group trip. And it's like, it's a beach, but it's not really a beach, but there's like water sport rentals and ice cream shops. And there's not a whole bunch of people there, but the people that are there are there because they know it's there. That's what Buckrow Beach was. It's its own little community. And like, if you don't know it, you've never been. And if okay. you know it, you don't go anywhere else. So can, can we all agree or disagree that I think beach towns slash lake towns vibe wise are probably the best place to live in my opinion. I mean, it's yeah. like there, there's something about when you live, like I lived in the outer banks for probably three months straight after college. And I thought the best part about it is that beach time is a legitimate thing. Like it's like, nobody's really up, up in an uproar, like in a bad mood trying to rush around. It's, it, it's something, it's something about the waves or the water or co having that constant breeze when you, when you're at the beach that I, I just think really just turns on some kind of brain thing that maybe somebody that lives in a big city or even a rural area doesn't really experience unless they're there. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, have one hundred percent. Can you imagine being in a beach town that was also a college town with a competitive athletic program? My no. gosh. I could not. <laughs> All right. So that's basically, I mean, Coastal Carolina has all that except for being competitive. Yeah. Whoa, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> uh, even Florida Gold Coast. This I mean. year, this year they were, but uh, overall, uh, can you imagine throwing uh, Morgantown on a beach? 
No, because I can I can honestly believe that if that was the case, probably wouldn't have as many friends as I do now because they would just drown out in the ocean <laughs> or get eaten by a shark or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's backtrack a little bit to to coastal Carolina. Can you imagine being in a beach town and having a mascot that lives in a chicken coop? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was the case. That's so funny. Oh. Like they're the Chanticleers, which by the way is after a lot of people don't know this. Y'all probably do as sports fans, but that's off of uh, Jeffrey Chaucer's Chaucer tales. I'm pretty sure it's from the, uh, the Parsoners story. I, and it's also, uh, <laughs> also off of that same story as a movie. We probably all watched as a young kid. Rock-a-doodle do y'all remember that? No, I'm now. Rockadoodle Doo was a cartoon, was an animated movie about uh, this like Elvis like rooster. Okay. But his name was Chanticleer. And if you like read the story, if you watch the movie and then go read the Canterbury Tales, um, it all follows the same thing. It's pretty crazy. Hell yeah. Well, I, I just, I want to go ahead and shoot you guys a compliment and everything before I go because I got to start getting everything ready. Um, I, I tell you guys this off air, but I just want people to hear it on air as well. I, I, I think your guys' chemistry is fascinating to me because once I learned from JT that you guys really didn't know each other very well, like you guys like weren't friends in the beginning and everything like that. Um, it, it, it fascinates me that you guys are able to do what you do. Uh, so I just want to say shout out to you guys. And I'm I'm looking forward to hopping on next week and just just keep it going, man. You guys are crushing it. Thanks, I really appreciate it. And uh, anybody who's on here that hasn't yet, go check out the Juice Box Pod. They're, they're recording tonight, and that'll be out Sunday. It usually comes out at like five thirty, right? Right around five. Big announcement. Make sure you tune in. Love you guys. Yeah. You stuff going on. Talk to you later, man. Bye. I'm mad we didn't get to our Celine Dion debate. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to ask him about that to begin because I'm very intrigued on what this is going to be because uh, so, I have not heard any Celine Dion news this week. So, well, did you check the group text would be the first question. <laughs> That's the thing is like, so I, uh, I saw it, but at the time that I saw it, there was about 35 text messages. Oh, so I did, not, I did not go back and look at all of them. Yeah, so the statement that he made was do we even if it's not for Titanic, do we even know who Celine Dion is? Um I mean, to be honest, I don't know how many Celine Dion quest or uh, Celine Dion music selections I could name right now. I think I think the problem is that you know songs of hers you just don't know it's hers well like, that's how i am with all musicians i yeah. i do not know the names of songs and who sings them whatsoever. So he, he makes a good point that you know my heart will go on by celine dion from titanic is probably her most known song but of the 15 15 billboard hot 100 hits that she has that song spent the least amount of time in the charts really like she's got, so she had her number one song of all time is because you loved me. And it spent six weeks at number one on the billboard hot 100. And that's then insane. she has another one that's uh, it's all coming back to me now. Um, the power of love. You probably know this one. This one spent six weeks in the late nineties atop the number one charts. I'm your angel with R Kelly. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, that does ring a bell now. That was Celine Dion. Um, that's the way it is. If you ask me to, she actually did the Beauty and the Beast song. The original. I, it was Celine Dion and Piabo Bryson. I am just learning that I need to. Uh, I need to respect Celine Dion more. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. She has so many bangers. I just think that people don't know that it's her singing. Uh, what are some other people that you would consider on that list of like uh, they don't get enough respect? Uh, anybody I, else that bring, you bring to mind? Yeah, so I think that a lot of people get credit because they like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I feel like um a lot of people think Bruce Springsteen's songs or think songs are by Bruce Springsteen that aren't. Mhm. And I he, think that takes away from a lot of people. He was just a really good cover band. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah. But like you know, like you'll hear songs in like like "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that I've I've met multiple people that think that that's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> like, and it's not. Um, a lot of people think that there's a a lot of they confuse Huey Lewis in the news with Bruce Springsteen. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Yeah, like it's just there's a lot there. They're like they sing songs, but you don't know who it is that's singing it, but you know the song. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some other topics you had? You said you had a couple. Um, well, for for anybody that uh watches baseball, uh I'd be um yeah, you guys have a softball game again. where's uh where's your sister at that was here last week? Uh she is she's downstairs. Let me see if I can get her to hop on. Right. I'd I'd be interested to hear because I mean she's a softball player. I want to know what I just want to hear everybody's thoughts. You and I have talked about Tony Larusa and how much of a jerk he is, and how much I anybody who wants a shirt made that says "Fire Tony Larusa." If you feel as passionate as me about it, uh, I I will sell you a T-shirt right now. <laughs> I will go personally make it with my hands. But for anybody that didn't catch it, he uh, he pretty much just let his rookie hang out to dry after hitting a 3-0 home run in the ninth inning. Um, basically said that he was totally in the wrong and then gets thrown at the next day. And then Larusa comes out again and says that he respects the pitcher for hitting him. And then did you hear – I don't think you and I have talked about this, but then the Lance Lynn thing after it? Refresh me. I feel like I had seen it, but so Lance Lynn is a pitcher for the White Sox, and he basically. Oh, is this where Tony Larusa said he has a locker? I have an office. Yeah, like if those players just don't show up, uh, I think I tweeted this out. If the players just don't show up for a game, like let's see how much your office means to like the league when there's no players to put out on the field. Like, yeah. like to basically tell your player to keep your mouth shut that you don't have an office and I do like that is the most old man, like a grumpy get off my lawn statement. Absolutely. Uh, he drives me insane. Yeah. I mean, and he, to be honest with you, like he didn't used to be that way. Like, and maybe, well, maybe he did and we just didn't see it because he was winning championships and competing with, you know, with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But like Cardinals fans loved Tony Larusa, absolutely yeah. loved him, 
And I think maybe, I think really what it comes down to, you and I have touched on this a little bit. Um, and I've talked with some other, you know, professional players that live in the area. Cause you know, we are here with the Norfolk tides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think the common theme is he is not adjusting well to not having authority. Yeah. Like he's in an advisory role. We're going to welcome back Kels, Kels Milner here. She, her presence was requested and she <laughs> yeah. responded like a witch out of thin air. You're so excited to be back, right? Yeah. All right, JT, you take it away, Kels. First of all, what are we drinking tonight? I'll be back. Oh, she'll be back. I didn't have one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gotta yeah, have a drink do? on this show. That That is the one rule moving forward that everybody has to have a drink to be able to enter the chat. <laughs> Absolutely. Or at least something worth talking about having drank before. Yeah. I hear my ice maker going, so she's got to be, let me mute this girl. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's really because uh, people, people don't understand that like, <laughs> not even a topic, but um, Brooke is a Cubs fan, by the way. That's why she's saying, ooh, Cardinals. Okay. Um, but she was not a baseball fan when Tony La Russa was there. So that doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, was she a Cubs fan after they won the World Series or before? She was a Cubs fan. I would say, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say five years before they won the World Series, I know she took a very impactful trip yeah, as a tourist okay. to Chicago and just absolutely went and saw a Cubs I, game, I believe. I, I will um, tell you, if you've never been to Chicago go because i i would agree that it, like being in chicago completely changes everything and, and there's the confirmation uh, right there so yeah uh, so it was definitely before they won their world series she is not a bandwagon <laughs> cubby um she, but she knows well enough to know that if you're a cubs fan and you hear the world st louis cardinals you say apparently l because uh, <laughs> that's what she said but kelsey jt had a question and wanted to get your opinion on something so jt take it away okay. so uh, did you see all the tony larusa stuff with pat like how bad of a manager he is. No, I haven't seen. I, so it's been a rough week for me, so I haven't really been on like social media and everything this week. So apparently. I'm um, well, so a guy hit, well, what were the white Sox up? 15 to four. It was, so it was 15 to four and they had pulled their shortstop in to pitch yeah. and a rookie was up to bat for the white Sox. And um, the dude threw him a 47-mile-an-hour pitch on a 3-0 count. Dude swung and yammed it. Yeah. And the team okay. celebrated. Yeah, saw that. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Did you see what Tony LaRusso said about him afterwards? No, I did not. Take he it away, Dave. He basically said that he can't believe that uh, that guy would do that. He was totally in the wrong. He apologized to the Twins said that he was going to have to sit down and have a big talk with him about how we go about things. Basically said that it was the unwritten rules of baseball that you don't do that. And then, so then, I mean, so I don't understand because I would understand if a pitcher was still in the game, but if yeah. you pull your shortstop in and just basically have given up, yeah. then the guy should be able to tee off on you. Yes. And well, there's one more caveat before you answer, because what we really want to know is as someone who played a high level of collegiate ball, we want to know how you would react if your coach did this to you. So there's the background. That's what happened. The very next day, the twins threw behind the batter that hit the home run when they were up 15-4. Right? Okay. And Tony LaRussa, who is in an advisory role, not even a coach, he's in an advisory role for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. 
after the game, he was asked, how do you feel about it? And he said, I understood it. It was well-deserved, and I respect the decision to throw behind him. Talking about his player being thrown behind. So, yeah. So not only did he come out after the after it happened and condemn the kid for hitting a shot and for telling him he doesn't understand the unwritten rules of baseball and he'll be handled and dealt with, the next day when he got thrown at, he he, the same coach took up for the team that threw at the player. See, like, even if you have like your personal opinions, like you're still representing that program and that, and all that you can't like, that's kind of like downgrading and talking down on your, your team, your program and everything about that. Like, even if you have your own personal opinion, I still wouldn't say like, that's, he deserved it. Or like, I respect that or it was deserved or anything like that. Yeah. So then another player came out for the White Sox and said, I don't understand what these unwritten rules are, yada, yada, yada. I, you know, I would have done the same, basically sticking up for his player because the only other coach in the media wasn't. And so then they asked Tony LaRusso what his reaction was to Lance Lynn saying what he said, sticking up for his rookie player. And Tony LaRusso's response was, Lance has a locker. I have an office. You figure it out. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, this guy is like seventy-five years old. He he has no idea what's going on anymore. I I, I can't stand the guy. So my question, I, I now that Kelsey's here, I have a question. So imagine, imagine that you are, let's say, a freshman. Okay, let's say that you are a highly touted freshman. Like this dude was a highly touted rookie. Okay, and you do something like that. Right. Let of course so, I mean softball's a little different, but yeah, let's say that y'all are run ruling a team and and they throw in their shortstop. Same scenario. Yeah. And that coach just rips you a new one while your team celebrate. No one else feels this way. It's just the coach. Yeah. Um, are you staying with that program? Are you can are you gonna consider staying with that program? No. Especially even after like the next game where they threw at him and again he downgraded him or degraded him by talking to him like that and saying that he deserved it was like that that's even more pushing me away to not even wanting to represent the program Mm -hmm. be a part of something like that yeah 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 Yeah, especially go ahead Uh, i was gonna say especially like he's what 21 years old so like being a freshman like that is a good translation like why why would you want any part of that like that is completely destroying your and to not only do it if it was behind closed doors if this all happened behind the scenes where he went up to the guy and said hey you're in the wrong and then the next day after he got hit if he went up to him and said hey like you did what you did they retaliated like i I think all of it would have been fine if it's behind closed doors and like it was a teaching moment exactly but but to take it to the media and if that's that's the part that you lose me and uh, you just aren't in touch with your players. No, it's disrespectful too. Like, mm-hmm. so let's ask a bigger question: Why is Tony Larusa being interviewed at all? Why um, name me one other advisory advisor in the major leagues that gets interviewed before and after every game? Yeah, I don't. So, are we sure that he's not the manager? I, I don't think that he's the head coach. I don't think uh, he's the skipper. I thought he was. So that, that's what the, that's the one part that I wanted to 
look at. Hey, I might be. I don't know. When I think of like the scenario, I just think of like when Freddie and Rizzo were throwing, like when Rizzo was pitching and Freddie was up there and he struck him out. Or <laughs> Freddie was swinging for the fences, like he was trying. Like you know what I mean? It's just like friendly competition. Right? Like, yeah. Well, hold on. Is this when is this? Oh, this was October. What I'm trying to figure out and look. So I think Renteria got fired last year. I think this is LaRusso's first year as the manager. He's doing a stand-up job. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not he going to be around for <laughs> He wasn't the manager last year, was he? No. Uh, he Renteria was the manager last year. Okay. Well, then I've been saying I've been saying a I, lot of a lot of things wrong then. Cuz I think LaRusso I think he wasn't an advisory role. And then when Renteria got fired last year, he got moved into a, the manager role. He is the he is the manager. Oh, he got a DUI in October. That's right. Uh, What's coming back to me? Because uh, I saw a funny joke that said uh, that's not the only time he mishandled a Mercedes. Because the guy's last name is Mercedes. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Do we have any uh do we have any more baseball questions for Kelsey? Um that's all that I had. That that's the one that really got me fired up for the week. We can talk <laughs> about the walk-off home runs. Oh. Wait by, for uh, Ronald Acuña. Yeah, that's his, Wasn't first... That his first career. Yeah. He said it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's really his first one. I would have expected him to have one before that. As, like, as hot as he's been, like in the career he's been having, like I'm, I was very shook too. I, I have a future on him to win the MVP just because yeah. I like the first two weeks of the season he was on fire, so I just threw some money on him. The league MVP or yeah, his, his division MVP. No, uh, uh, the NL MVP. NL, okay, but not yeah. like the MLB MVP because they they do two separate ones. They do right. AL and NL. Yeah, I'm transitioning. Like I, two years ago was the first year I started seriously following baseball, mm-hmm. um, and like I mean, you know enough about it to to watch it and understand what's going on. But there's so many different nuances. Yeah, uh, of all that I, stuff. I have to interrupt you quick to ask you a question. What in the world are you doing down there? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Playing with Lola. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can turn the camera around. Lola. Oh, nope. That just turned it off. How do you turn the camera up? Hold on. Lola. <laughs> so hold on. Wait a minute. Is that one of the flowers from our centerpiece? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is my my wife is down there with you? Yes. <laughs> see, see, this is where this is where there's a double standard. If I was sitting down there doing that, I'd have been slapped 18 times and twice on Sunday. <laughs> Look, <laughs> the cat's trying to play with it now. <laughs> Jeez, about to kick you both out. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks for joining, Kels. Appreciate your insight. We'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> Bye. Well, that was Kelsey with a very interesting into her segment here. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm a, We might have to end this a little early because I I am dying in this room. I, you, look, I gotta, you look extremely hot. Yeah, so 
the deal with this room, usually I get it here early enough that I can turn the AC on and let it get really cold in this room because, I mean, with how hot it is, it, it, it's just yeah, you can't keep up. But because I got here late, I got home with five minutes to go and was able to cool it down oh, yeah. for, for about five minutes. And then, yeah, it's just it's probably about 85 degrees in this room right now. All right. Well, we will end it on that then. We don't want to <laughs> die of heat exhaustion. So for JT, I'm Brandon Johnson with Sports with BJ. This has been another press break the offseason. We, of course, want to thank Jerry Nixon Jr. for stopping by the show, the godfather of the Juice Box Pod. Look out for that new episode everywhere you get your podcasts. Sunday at 5 is when they release. And there is a huge announcement. Yeah, sorry and it, to interrupt it you down to press break, so we're excited. Everyone's excited, but we're not going to spoil their news. We're going to let them produce it to you. So Juice Box Pod, get in there, listen to it, and we'll see you all next week for another off-season episode of Freestyle Friday.